This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. How's it hanging, ladies and folks? My name is Chris R.R. Bauzo, and this is my show. You're about to hear the latest and greatest installment of my ongoing sword and sorcery sci-fi narrative. A story written, read, performed, and edited all with your ear holes in mind. So don't concern yourself with going back to catch up quite yet, because this episode, like every episode, just so happens to be the perfect jumping on point. Don't worry about that part three in the title, You'll it'll make sense in a minute. All I need you to do right now is sit back, relax, and allow me to unfurl the wizard scroll. <laughs> Crystal and Wronghalf emerged from the stank-ass, dank-ass water they had just been deposited into. Though it smelled of mold and ash and soggy gym socks, it was just deep enough to negate all fall damage from such a great height. So, like five feet deep. Just some nasty-ass water in a dank, cavernous crevasse. With all sorts of nightmarish, untold little creatures squirming about. The elf struggled to keep her head above the surface standing on her tippy toes and tilting her head a little just to keep that nasty ass water out of her mouth. And don't even get me started on wrong half. Oh, help me! Help me! I'm drowning! Oh, don't ask me! Oh! Hold on, little buddy. Let me oh, help you. Oh, let me get on your shoulder! Oh, my God! Oh, this me Hey! Thanks, Crystal! Don't mention it. Hey, where's Daniel? As if on cue, Daniel's corpse unceremoniously floated to the surface of the water with a huge bloody crater in his skull. Eh, he'll come back later. Right? Anyway, Crystal carried her one remaining traveling companion chicken fight style through the neck-high water, splooshing and slooshing her way along. Did you just hear that? I did. Maybe I should try moving a little faster. The creature loomed menacingly over the party. Standing on its hind haunches, it presently stood over nine feet tall. A hulking mass of hair and antlers and tentacles and fins and claws. This thing had it all, as it screeched and squealed in a tongue so ancient that it was only ever spoken by pharmacists and scientists. Though a quick translator spell would reveal the eldritch abominations, abominable words. What are you doing in my swamp? The beast lunged forward with a gator-like, Shrek-like gait. With its long adamantine claws and large slavering jaws, it just tore into Daniel's corpse, 
giving our protagonists precious seconds to get out of Dodge before the abomination was upon them next. Oh god! Oh gosh! Wrong half! We gotta swim for it! Hold on tight! I've got this! Hold on to what? After a moment of hesitation, the elf resolved to grab a hold of the reverse centaur's teeth. But let me tell you, Wrong Half kicked his leg so goddamn hard that a sonic boom was sent crashing into the monster as it pursued them from behind. Wrong Half zoomed in circles around the room's perimeter, allowed that creature to chase them from close behind as Crystal let loose all the magic missiles she could muster from her limited mana supply. toward the downed monster with reckless abandon. And with a mighty, exultant neigh, he did a flip in the air and hit the Shrek monster with a flying kneecap to the jaw. And the reverse centaur was relieved to feel his knee connect, to feel the satisfying crunch of shattering bones. The wrong half's reverie came to a close as he found himself hoisted ankle first by a tentacle into the air. Wrong half! Oh shit, not him too. Wrong half, I'm coming! Crystal took a mad dash for that reverse centaur-shaped hole in the wall, all while avoiding the swamp-bombable monster's continued attacks. Tentacle swipes, claw slashes, death rolls, acid sprays, this unsightly behemoth literally had it all. But thanks to the elf's preternatural instincts, she was able to parkour around everything her assailant had to offer. The beast reared back and charged one final time, intent on running Crystal through with those long, twisting, gnarled, velvety antlers. Not today, big guy. She quipped as she ran up the wall in slow motion and leapt backwards into the air allowing the beast to collide headfirst with the brick wall and concuss itself on impact. Crystal left her opponent to wallow in the darkness and the filth of its domain. Squeezing her way through the little reverse centaur-shaped hole in the wall and into the next chamber. Oh, you've gotta be kidding me! Only to see a procession of twelve more holes blown through the next twelve chambers. <coughs> She squeezed through hole after hole, running through all sorts of rooms where she would have had to do puzzles or some shit if not for the convenient string of openings her half-horse friend had left for her. Ha 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 ha! Welcome to the spelling bee of death! <laughs> Wait, where are you going? 
And at the end of the 13th chamber, conveniently right next to the stairs leading down to the next floor, there he lie in a battered, bruised, and bloody pulp. Wrong half. Are you okay? <gasps> he most certainly was not okay. His limp, lifeless form was covered in bruises, his legs both broken in three spots each, with blood spilling freely from every orifice on his long, equine visage. Only his loins and asshole were spared, for they were still wrapped snug in his Kevlar thong. Kristal checked his breathing, checked his pupils, checked his pulse, but no, her efforts were all in vain. Wrong half the reverse centaur was dead. No, not yet. Not here. Not now. After a moment spent choking back tears, she resolved to remove the bloodstained scarf and cleats from Wronghalf's remains. Luckily, she and he wore the same size shoe. Then she gazed down dumbfoundedly upon the mess she had made of that poor, innocent creature for a while longer. The cold, lifeless collection of blood, meat, and bone that had once called her friend. The one she had brought down here and condemned to death at the hands of that man-made horror beyond her comprehension. And she wept. Crystal? Wrong half! Scarletta awoke with a start, with cobwebs of confusion fogging her groggy mind. Dark and dingy as it was in that dusty old prison cell, she did her best to take stock of her surroundings. The stale dungeon air gnawed at her nostrils as her eyes adjusted to the darkness. It was around this time that she realized all her gear, aside from her Kevlar exosuit, had been pilfered from her person while she was unconscious. What the fucking fuck? Hello? Somebody? Anybody? What the fuck? Her focus snapped back to the present in a flash as she looked over to the darkened corner where that strange ass noise just came from, aghast at the miserable sight before her. A gaunt, withered old man in tattered rags lie in the fetal position, shaking and shivering violently on the cold stone floor. Hello? Are you... Alright. No. Ain't no fucking shot. What the fuck are you doing here, huh? Azzy, I asked you a damn question! I'm not... Oh yeah? Two can play the scream nonsense game. Baba booey, baba booey, baba booey, you fuck In an instant, Scarletta was upon him. Even without her golden gauntlet, she easily overpowered that frail, decrepit, ancient old man. And let me tell you, he didn't stand a fucking chance. For in the instant that followed, her fingers slipped around the bastard's throat and she began to squeeze. Finally! After all this time, I've got you right where you belong! What's that? You want me to let go? To grant you mercy? Like how you did my parents, right? I don't fucking think so! Now eat shit and die! By my hand! And lo, 
the despicable old deceiver was dead, lifeless, gone forevermore. Scarletta made extra sure of that, for even after she watched the life fade from her opponent's eyes, she continued applying a vice-like grip on the cadaver's windpipe for several more minutes, just to be sure. What was that? But just when she thought she had rid herself of that despicable old deceiver once and for all, he hobbled his way back into Scarletta's line of sight. Alive and well, and on the outside of the cell to boot. He was covered in blood, with a dripping scimitar in one hand and a classic-ass black-and-white-ass magic wand in the other. No, no, this can't be happening. I killed you! I'm in the process of killing you! She looked up in horror at the wizard before her, down to the dead one she had just finished choking out, then back up at the live one again. Horrified further still as she watched him wield that glowing wand in her direction and prepare to cast a spell. Greetings, human. I, Chapulina the Space Kraken, thank you for your assistance. Chapu, what now? Dickhead, I know who you are. You're Azit has the wise, the man who took everything from me. The man I just murdered with my bare hands. Azatas sees no die. I may resemble him no, but that is only because he cast a freaky Friday spell upon me and took my space kraken body as his own. And in exchange, that despicable old deceiver cursed me with his crochety old bag of bones that apparently cannot even die. There is a coffin in this dungeon that I magically respawn from every time I perish. I was going to wait until I died of tours to make my escape. Good fortunately you came alone and saved me Tintrobel. Now, let's get you out of that cell. Ah! You think that I'm gonna fall for this space cracking shit? Oh, you got another thing coming. <coughs> now, to find Crystal. And my stuff. How's it hanging, ladies and folks? My name is Chris R.R. Balzo, and today I bring you an exciting news bulletin. I've launched a brand new secondary feed, the Wizard Scroll Knights. Knights! Prepare your pretty little ear holes for all the dark, daring, and downright delightful side content that's just too hot to be contained in the Wizard Scroll proper. From now on, this will be the place to go for all my wizard hangs. So what was like the inspiration behind your, your current series that you're doing now? <laughs> like my cock in general or, or? Yeah, like your cock in general. <laughs> wizard rolls. Can I get that ghost pepper ranch sandwich? That's number nine now? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, perfect. Wizards in my city. What is this jaw? Well, the, that's normal water. It's just Gamer bath water. What is this? That, that is, no, that's normal water. And other things as well. Hello there, everybody. My name is Like Mindell, and I'm a chocoholic. I like Mindell. So don't miss out on the adventures that await ye in the moonlit alleys of the Wizard Scroll Nights. Nights. Subscribe now and thank me later, because things are about to get weird. 
Kristal descended the stairs and found herself in a large chamber with like 69 doors in it. I know, so fucking original. Black light torches lined the walls, which made the whole joint look like one of those glow-in-the-dark mini-golf places. In the presence of this eldritch light, the elf's hair glowed with bright streaks of blue, green, blue-green, lavender, and purple, which lit up her whole head like a goddamn Christmas tree. She paced hither and thither, thinking out loud as she made her next move. All right, let's see. One door, two doors, red door, blue door. God damn, there's a lot of doors down here. Like, fuck, man, how many doors does a man need? How about this one? Ah! Maybe a different one. Crystal stepped into the door immediately left of that previous one and found herself in a sauna of sorts. A hot, muggy room with walls and a ceiling lined with cedar. Though rather than the thick, hazy scent of steam wafting through the air, it was just straight-up wizardweed smoke in there. Multi-tiered wooden benches lined the walls, seats occupied by homunculi of all kinds, naked, wrapped in towels to hide their unmentionables and dripping sweat on account of the heat. Hey lady, could you shut the damn door? You're letting out the antidote. Oh, sorry. Wait. You guys aren't gonna try and kill me? Nah, we're on break. <sighs> you look pretty frazzled. What's on your mind, intruder? Well, the giant Trek monster upstairs just killed my friend. Oh, you must have met Hank. <laughs> yeah, that guy's the best. <sighs> you want to get into this? It's this one gives you laser eyes, Kush. Ah, my favorite strain. <laughs> Is it particularly safe to be smoking wizard weed in a sauna? What are you, a fucking cop? No. So don't worry about it. Besides, this isn't a sauna. It's the security office. Sit back, chill. You've got to wash your dryer in here as well. You want to toss your clothes in there? You can. Hey, Todd, get this bitch a towel, would ya? Right, though. Why, thank you, kind homunculi. So... Do any of you know where the mana well is? Yeah, if you go back into the door through doors to the light of this one, you'll be on your way. You have to go through a few more rooms after that, but the pass is pretty straightforward. Oh, sweet. Thanks. Hey, Sweeney, the CCTV storm's blinking again. Looks like we've got a code scarlet on our hands out there. Code scarlet? Ah, let it blink. Some prisoners escaped their cell. Big fucking whoop. We'll go find him after the homunculus union mandated break. Are you sure you don't want to take a look at this? The redhead's making a real mess of things upstairs. Redhead? Frederick, my homunculus in Christ. Chill the fuck out. It ain't our damn problem till the clock strikes 421. Hey, would you mind letting me take a look at the CCTV stone for a second? Yeah, sure thing, kid. Knock yourself out. It's Scar! Thank Goblin Jesus, she's okay! Everybody gets one! Said Goblin Jesus from his little hammock up in heaven, looking straight at the camera whilst sipping on a fruity beverage of some kind. <coughs> now, let's see what Scarletta's up to, eh? Scarletta stormed through those hallowed halls, 
laying waste to all homunculi she came across. Though she usually preferred the bow and arrow and other such ranged attacks, she was more than capable of wielding a blade if the need presented itself. Case in point, right here, right now, her father didn't raise no one-trick pony. Nay! She was a survivor, a huntress, a warrior. She knew how to improvise, adapt, and use whatever she had on hand to her advantage. Hi, uh, I'm Daniel. After no small effort, she had successfully cleared this room of enemies and was rewarded with a chest. With a swift kick to the side, it cracked open and revealed to her its contents. The huntress was stunned and relieved to find her father's bow and her quiver, more or less in the same condition as when she last saw them. Well, it's a start. Scarletta stepped into the door at the end of this chamber only to find herself transported to the heart of a lush rainforest in the dead of night. The air was thick with humidity, and tall ancient trees with thick canopies stretched overhead, their branches interlocking to create a natural shelter from the thunderstorm raging on above. And when she looked back, whence she came... What? Where's the door? All she could see was more jungle. The huntress's gaze was drawn to a pair of piercing, glowing yellow eyes. Like the dual moons in the obsidian night sky, they glared from the depths of the jungle's dark embrace, the only discernible features of a hidden, colossal presence. She instinctively reached for her bow and knocked an arrow back, keeping her aim trained on the glowing set of eyes that now followed her every move. And as a bolt of lightning crashed in the background for added effect, enormous limbs, coated in slick, dark gray fur, reached out for Scarletta, his thunderous roar drowning out even the thunderous thunder. He was impaled through the hand and recoiled, giving the Huntress a fleeting opportunity to take stock of the abomination in her midst. Another of those half-wizard, half-animal hybrids, Except this one had the body of a gray ape and a head that looked a bit like Azatas, but if you were left out to melt in the sun, with a long flowing beard that seemed to cover his entire hulking form. The beast's jaw unhinged as he let loose a howl so loud that it brought Scarletta to her knees. Then he charged forward, fully intent on pummeling this interloper into a fine red paste. Quick as a whip, she pulled out her scimitar and thrust it forward with both arms, allowing her assailant to impale himself upon that sharpened, curved blade. Even with a sword stuck in his gut, however, the homunculus lurched forward and took a backhanded swing at the huntress. And let me tell you, if Scarletta hadn't been wearing that Kevlar armor, she would have never walked again after a blow like this because she was struck with such force that she was flung across the clearing, sent crashing straight through a waiting tree trunk before smashing back first into a mossy boulder. By some miracle, she still held her father's bow, though her scimitar stayed firmly lodged in the beast's belly. So she peeled herself from the ground and readied another arrow, pulling her bow taut and training it on those glowing yellow eyes once again. The beast howled a maniacal howl and charged forward, intent on trampling Scarletta under his weight. But rather than run, rather than take up a more defensive stance, she inhaled, 
closed one eye and gritted her teeth, waiting for just the right moment to let her arrow fly. And then... That sucker flew right up the nostril and into the brain, lobotomy style, killing him instantly. The creature lay dead on the jungle floor, blood gushing from its wounds, pooling in the grass around the body. And for her troubles, a chest formed out of the creature's remains and opened to reveal Scarletta's laser blaster. How the fuck that get in there? She made sure to retrieve it, as well as her scimitar, which currently was poking out from the lid of the chest. Just as she noticed the nearby portal, back to the dungeon proper that had just opened up to retrieve her. But when she returned to the wizard's basement dungeon, she was not prepared for what she was about to see. Oh, Goblin Jesus, have mercy, is that wrong half? I'm gonna be sick. Oh, shit. She's right outside. I gotta go grab her. Crystal scrambled to her feet, made her way to the washer-dryer, and slipped into her clean, dry clothes. Thanks, guys. You know, for a bunch of gurgling, shambling nightmare creatures, you aren't so bad. I don't mention it. Well, break time's over. Get her, boys! <laughs> ah! Thanks for tuning in to me screaming about wizards for a half hour. If you're still here, odds are that you've enjoyed what you just heard and are stoked as fuck for that next one. That next part four, Quest to the Wizard's Basement part four, baby. The season three finale, no less. Hmm? We got some high stakes. We got some high characters smoking wizard weed. We've got it all. So tune in next month for that good old season three finale and let me know what you think about not that one but that one then but this one now leave a positive review on itunes audible podcast addict fucking leave a five-star rating on spotify do it all download make an account on every single service just to praise me there as well and i will shout you out here on the show (laughs) the Wizard Scroll Animated, my very first animated feature starring Tim Jennings as Rodney is now out on my YouTube channel. Go click on that. Go find that video. It is so fucking good. Shout out to Jabba Toons for making that for me. Um, anyway, word of mouth is how this show can continue to grow. So share the shit out of it with everyone you know. And until next time, bye. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris. Can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? 
Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it.